everyone. Hi. <laughs> I'm really good. <laughs> uh, uh. I'm Daniel. <laughs> and I'm Holly. We're the Gurtons, and you're listening to Halfway Saints, episode number two. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about it, and that is why I'm very giggly. <laughs> Can you can you focus? I can you do it? it? I, you can do I'm it. I'm here. I'm here. It's I not gonna it. be thirty minutes of giggles. I mean, I can't promise anything, okay. but yes. Well, welcome back. If you listened to the first episode, thank you for coming back for more. Mm-hmm. If you made it through. If you made it through. By the way, the music you just heard at the beginning and end of the podcast is from our friend Teresa Peterson. Who's She's awesome. awesome. Mm-hmm. She is awesome. Um, go check her out at TeresaPetersonMusic.com. And Get her new album, which is so good. Mm-hmm. I listen to it on repeat on iTunes, even though I can't figure out how to get the loop thing back on my iTunes. Uh, so I have to just replay. I have to you start. Have to keep o- yeah, I have to click new every time. It's very frustrating. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So before we get started, with this is this might be something that comes a regular thing. Correction from the last podcast. Yep. Um, so our friend Erin, so lovely, she uh, sent me a text to let me know that St. Therese's parents, Louis and Zaley Martin, um, actually had nine children, five of which made it to adult- adulthood, and all of which became nuns. Well. Went into religious life. Yeah. In her text, she said n- became nuns. nuns. Did she have any male siblings? Oh, my gosh. Oh, we're going to have to do another correction later. We should have just... <laughs> You said nuns, you blew it. We could have just said entered religious life. I know, but in the text she said became nuns, so okay. I'm pretty sure they're all women. Okay, we'll go with that. Pretty sure. Stay tuned next week for, <laughs> for corrections, the corrections. Yeah, so thank you, Aaron, for mm-hmm. setting Shout out us to Aaron McGuire. Um, and <laughs> I was supposed to say something, but I don't remember what it was. You were going to say that when you listen to podcasts. Okay, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this happens a lot where I forget things, and Daniel just has to tell me the smallest little... Or I have to tell you the entire thing, and then you say, oh yeah, okay, I remember now. Or times like this one where I remembered it right away. But um, when I listen to podcasts, I always wish that they had elaborated on a certain subject or clarified more fully because things could be misunderstood or whatever, and I just don't... I don't like the, like, risk that someone could take it the wrong way. And so I always, uh, when thinking about Halfway Saints and what we wanted our podcast to be, I always thought that we were going to be really good at that and say, like, oh, no, like, this is the full, like, no chance for misinterpretation. But after I listened to our first podcast, that is just not, it just is impossible. So just for future if you guys ever hear something uh, that you want us to elaborate on or further clarify, please uh, contact us. And we have lots of new contact information for you since we are now up and running and all of the d- different, you know, media out there. Uh, we have an email account. We are Halfway Saints Podcast at gmail.com. And we are on Twitter at Halfway underscore Saints. And we are on Facebook. So find us on Facebook. Do all of those things. Send us an email, like us, and follow us. Mm-hmm. All right, so Holly, it is Lent. Yep. If you didn't know. <laughs> oh, surprise. 
So I went to Mass the other day. It wasn't at our parish, but at the parish I went to Mass to, they had these banners on the wall. Usually banners are a little lame. They're Let's just two honest. colors. But they were purple and pink. And I was like, oh, that's why is there pink in there? I was like, oh, then there's Latari Sunday. That's why. And it got me to thinking how sort of strange that is that we have during Advent, we have Gaudete Sunday and during Lent we have Latari Sunday where we wear rose and we kind of get out of our gloomy purple for one Sunday. And it got me to thinking about Lent in general and how the church gives us times of sorrow and repentance and inner reflection um, throughout the whole year where we're generally celebrating Christ's resurrection and triumph over death. So that just got me to thinking about the other areas where these two things come together. And it happens more often than you than you realize. Um, at every Mass, for instance, we do the penitential rite, and then we don't do this during Lent, but usually after the penitential rite, you sing the Gloria. So back-to-back, we're sinners, we're sorry for what we've done, and then boom, glory to God in the highest. So great. So I've just been ruminating on the fact that the church squishes joy and sorrow together quite frequently. Yeah, and I think that um, it makes sense whenever you think about it because uh, without sorrow, you cannot have true joy. Because if you don't know, like, if you don't love, isn't there something about, like, if you love something really fully? Let me think about this all the way through. Do, do you want me to jump in? or? Yeah, sure. So St. Thomas Aquinas in the Summa Theologica, which is, if you're not familiar with it, pretty much it's this scholastic document from the 13th century. We'll sure. get a correction text mm-hmm. or email about that. Um, but it's St. Thomas's kind of magnum opus where he basically tries to address every theological question you could have. He pretty much does what I was saying earlier. There's like no misinterpretation for anything. Mm -hmm. He has every objection to uh, Catholic theology and then goes through it point by point why this point is. So he'll make a statement and then give you three objections usually where he's trying to... The point of it is to simulate being in a like a debate. Being a debate or being a theology student in the medieval time where you, someone makes a statement, you debate for it, against it, and then you figure out the real answer. Right. So that's how it's laid out. Um, but in the Summa, he talks about joy and sorrow um, and how they're connected and how they both stem from the same thing, um, which is love or charity. Um, because when you love something and you're able to enjoy it and be with it, that's joy. So it's interacting with, enjoying the good of whatever it is you love. Sorrow is the flip side. It's not being able to be with or to fully enjoy the good of that thing that you love. So if you really love uh, donuts, Vitaly does. I do. It's true. The fact that you love donuts means that you're happy when you have them and that you're sad. Terribly sad. Terribly sad when, sad I don't have when you don't have donuts. So... Like Holly was saying, you can't really have joy without sorrow. Those two have to be mm-hmm. present if you truly love something. Yeah, it all comes, it stems from this true love for donuts. Or <laughs> <laughs> Not just donuts. 
<laughs> or generally or, God yeah, becomes our yeah uh, true love for the Lord and uh, if you don't have that true like uh, if you don't have that true love then you're just kind of living flat you know you don't have your ups and downs that's where one thing I've learned recently is that like uh, to truly love the Lord sometimes you get frustrated with the Lord and sometimes you are uh, dealing with things through it and so it, it takes a little bit of like grit to get through it and so I think that uh, is similar to sorrow yeah um, and to when you truly experience Christ and you truly experience his love because you experience that you're gonna feel his absence when he's not or when you when you prevent yourself from enjoying exactly. his love right. um, so yeah it's kind of like with Adam and Eve and the apple kind of like now they know what they're missing you know what I mean you're giving me a funny look. Because what were they missing? Well, they they had knowledge of good and evil. Oh, I, I can Yeah. I, I can see that. It's not exactly the same. But they they only knew... All right, I'm going to stop. It's not yeah. not working. No, it's okay. Oh, I was going to say. I was okay. going to say, if you try to imagine someone who truly can't be sorrowful about anything, it's because they couldn't love anything. So if you try to imagine a right. person who like would never be bummed out about anything, they would have to like not have friends, not have a mother or father, not be able to enjoy you know the love of a family. They would even have to kind of hate their good health and their life because every time you feel bad about something, it's because of a loss of something. The absence you love. of good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I think. Uh, I think a lot of people want to shy away from sorrow because they think that it's bad, that it must mean that they are, uh, pain must mean that you're not loved or something like that. But it doesn't always mean that, like, especially during these penitential seasons when it's really like, uh, gearing us up to understand more fully the joy of Easter, such as for Lent. Um, and that they're, they're good times. Like uh, what I was trying to say earlier with, uh, getting through things with the Lord, when you uh, get to the other side and you're like, okay, I understand your will in this situation or, uh, you know, any other kind of situation you have with the Lord that you're trying to figure out, um, you come to a better understanding of what he had in planned for you and uh, how he loves you through this difficult time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it also helps you. Oh, I just figured a way to tie Adam and Eve back Oh, okay, great. Because they only knew God and only knew God's love, but then when they were um, thrown out of the garden, they were able to see what they were missing. That's what I was trying to get out of Okay. So they have the sorrow of, you know, not being fully united with God anymore. Um, But that's still... They still love God in that. Yeah. It's not that they're cast out of the garden and they no longer love God. They can... It almost brings it into clearer picture clear isn't the right word right. but through their sorrow they're able to kind of appreciate what they had in a way does that make more sense yeah i think um that phrase from the song um oh happy fault mm-hmm. that gave for us from so the, great a savior from the easter right vigil i think uh, i think points to what you're trying to say that yeah. like um no like the introduction of original sin into the world is not good but it gave us this triumphant joy in Christ and in his resurrection Mm -hmm. and it wouldn't be um really I guess it wouldn't be as joyful if we always had it 
kind of like how um, heaven rejoices so much more whenever a, a repentant sinner comes mm-hmm. to know him versus um, a righteous one. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, um, I forget why I've heard it, but I heard it in a homily or somewhere that um, if angels could be jealous, they would be jealous of the Eucharist and mankind's intimacy with Christ. You know, because God never became an angel. Oh, yeah. Poor angels. (laughs) (laughs) Those poor guys. (laughs) But no, that's so true. Yeah, they never had God take take up their form, you know. Right. Take up their nature. Yeah, I mean, how, uh, I guess, honorary is it that he chose to come as a human Mm -hmm. and to bear this... Uh, state that we are in mm-hmm. and not only to he doesn't just lower himself he raises humanity up right yeah yeah um, and that's kind of thinking along the lines of joy and sorrow kind of being together at the same time is um, is with Christ he we celebrate the crucifixion and the resurrection those two are intimately tied the you know the Last Supper and the crucifixion are sort of um, or the Last Supper is consummated in the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. You got that from Scott ha- Scott Hahn. Yeah, and his Consuming the Word. Mm-hmm. It's a good book. It is. Or so Holly tells me. <laughs> I pretty much told him everything that I've read so far. So, <laughs> But it's sort of brought to completion in the resurrection. But then Jesus comes back and he says, I have to leave. And it's just kind of back and forth, like attachment and detachment. Right. From the loved object, which is mm-hmm. Christ. Yeah, and I think um, that's how the Lord is in our everyday life. There's consolation and desolation mm-hmm. where he's with us um, during certain times of our lives and he's just so active in our life and we can like hear him through our prayers and then all of a sudden sometimes it feels like he is gone mm-hmm. and you don't know what to do with yourself. But then through that you grow in so much more intimacy with yourself and understanding who you are uh, as you search for God. And then whenever he um, comes back to you, you just have a greater understanding of, okay, we're back. Yeah, know? it's like the prodigal son. Like he's, you know, running back to his father. And the father's mm-hmm. running to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think of the Blessed Mother who um, we celebrate the seven sorrows of Mary. Like mm-hmm. she really, more than anyone else, experienced sorrow at Christ's death. At the and, crucifixion. Yeah. And she, you know, she's our model for for you know she's the queen of apostles she's like our model for christianity and mm-hmm. she she experiences sorrow and again it's not a bad thing it's a very good it, and it just exemplifies thing. like how and what huge way she loved christ mm-hmm. by her sorrow at seeing him in pain right and it's kind of I think it's more of a commonplace feeling. Like sometimes I know you you can just feel sad about something. You're not really sure why. You might just be in a bad mood, and you're kind of, I don't know. I feel sad about something, and I don't know why. And through that experience, you can say like, "Oh, I feel sad because I haven't talked to this person in three weeks, or right. this person didn't call me on my birthday, and I didn't think it was a big deal, but now I'm really affected by it." Mm-hmm. So like through experiencing sorrow, you can come to realize or come to have a better idea of how much you love something or someone. Yeah. Or if one of your good friends is leaving and going to Rome for a very long time. You're going to miss him very much. Very much. and be very sad. 
that means that you love him very much. That's right. That's true. We were also going to make the point that uh, joy and sorrow, like, with uh, family. Yeah. And understanding just, like, our son is eight months old, and I can't believe how fast eight months has gone. And I'm just coming to the realization that, like, every week is different. So, like, he won't ever in his whole life be doing those things that he's doing right now. Because he'll, he'll learn and he'll grow past them. And that makes me so sad because it's so sweet. Like, right now, he says, Dada, and he says um, this noise of, like, hi, Dad, and we say it's hot dogs. And it's hilarious that he says Dada and hot dogs. But, like, next week, he might learn how to actually say hot dogs. And it's <laughs> <laughs> His <laughs> first move. actual word is not hot dog. <laughs> but um, that he's going to move past this, and he's going to, like, start saying real words. And um, But I really love this moment, and so I... It, to see that it is past is like sorrowful Mm -hmm. but i'm so joyful in this moment and also like just the this juxtaposition of like uh loving him so much and having so much joy from him uh within me and then just being worried about him all the time or just being sorrowful about um what could be or and jack actually had to that's our son no, we have not said his oh, name yet, his name but Jack. Jack. He's mm-hmm. the cutest baby in the world. Yeah. I know you always think, like, oh, well, he's our son, so of course we think that he's the best. But he really is no, the cutest really, baby in the whole world. It's true, guys. It's true. <laughs> um, but Jack had to have some minor surgery a couple weeks ago, um, and they had to put him under general anesthesia, and it was scary. And I was telling one of my coworkers about this, um, who's older than I am, and she said her son had to undergo the same surgery, and she was just telling me, like, you're going to go through so many heartbreaking things as a parent. Oh my gosh. And it's kind of like, oh, thanks, jerk. Like that's a, <laughs> that's kind of a hard thing to hear, but it's also so true and it ties into how much you love them. Like if you love this person, you know, as much as you love a child, you're going to have sorrow because you love them so much and you want to be with them all the time, totally, you know, just be everything for them and with them all the time but you're not going to be able to do that. Right. And so you're going to be sorrowful about it. And any of their pains or any of their fears, you feel like 10 times over because mm-hmm. you just are so intertwined with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Holly's going to have a very rough time when our kids get to middle school, that most painful of times for children. Yeah, I have a problem. <laughs> it's with uh, middle school boys, um, <laughs> which... It's just just this idea of any kind of, like, male figure, I guess. Sometimes it also is, like, elderly men. <laughs> I just feel such compassion towards them. So if they feel embarrassed or if they are any, in any kind of situation where they could be made fun of or um, such as, like, the idea of uh, a little boy getting ready for his first dance, mm-hmm. it makes me want to cry. Because it's just so sweet. And they, like, got to get their hair just right. And they say, Mom, Mom, is my shirt tucked in okay? Mom, how's my tie? Does my tie match? Like, that kind of stuff just, oh, my gosh, it gets me so mad. Yeah, so when you have to drop Jack off at the middle school gym and he turns around and looks at you and then turns back around and walks in, you're not going to be able to handle it. I'll have to drop him off. I mean, there are tears in my eyes right now. It's so or or he'll say, Mom, can you just drop me off around the corner? I'll walk the rest no. of the way. <laughs> Which he probably will say because I'll be sobbing in the car. 
<sighs> but it's just those moments and that those feelings are sort of required when you love someone. It's true. Like, you sign up for the ups and the downs. Mm-hmm. When we, after we were married, I think you were still at your other job. We'd been married like a year or something, and I had always had roommates, never had my own place. Um, and then, like, finally with you, had my own apart, had our own apartment. It was ours. You know, it was my space, my living area. Um, and so when you would, like, go out of town to travel, I'd be like, finally, like, I have a place to myself. It's perfect. But then I didn't enjoy it because you weren't there. <laughs> so sad. I know. You ruined it. Sorry. Just kidding. No, but, but... just an example of um, when you love something, you're going to be sorrowful when that thing isn't with you. And that thing, like you, when you're not there. When my thing isn't in my life, I'm very sad. <laughs> yeah, but it's great. It's it's just a true sign for how much you do love them. Mm. And I think that one of the greatest things about the church is that they tap into these sort of innate feelings and these um, underlying truths. So they kind of get ready to, they show us sorrow and let us know, like, there are times where it's okay to feel sorrowful. Like, especially at Lent, you focus on the things that separate us from God, that lead us to sorrow, Mm -hmm. that, you know we need to amend in our lives and what we can do better so that we don't put obstacles between us and God. Right. And then, you know. And I heard something the other day about um, whenever you fast or you let go of those things that do, um, you know, hinder your relationship with the Lord, that uh, those bring, by putting those aside, it brings up greater desires, more holy desires. And brings you into closer union with the Lord because mm-hmm. you say, I don't want these like superficial or whatever. Like I don't want cupcakes because that distracts me. So because I don't, I'm no longer distracted by cupcakes. I can figure out a bigger issue in my mm-hmm. life. Get those cupcakes out of the way. There's no stopping <laughs> you. <laughs> Holly eats like 30 cupcakes. Really <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but if you could, you would. <laughs> yes. I mean, in one day, I would. Probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so to kind of wrap this up, um, I just want to bring in a point from a book that Pope Benedict wrote um, called Jesus of Nazareth. It was, um, it's a three-part series where he basically just dives into scripture and says, who is this Jesus person that the scriptures are talking about? And he kind of just goes through the scriptures and it's Pope Benedict, so he brings in, like, a ton of, like, scholarly detail. And oh, yeah. He knows everything. Genius. <laughs> but he, um, one of his main points that he keeps hammering, not hammering, but keeps returning to, is that um, Jesus is everything that he is all at the same time. So at baptism, there's elements of death and rebirth because he is the crucifixion and the resurrection all at once. All at he the same is time pain and suffering and sorrow and joy and celebration and exaltation yeah. and it's and we get to relive all that um, through the mass and especially at Easter between Holy Thursday and Easter Sunday we go through um, that whole process of you know what started at the Last Supper is completed on the cross and then sort of consummated in the resurrection you get right. this whole thing because that's what Christ is he's 
all of these things held together. And that was one thing when I was coming into the church that I, um, that Daniel helped me understand a lot about the Eucharist. And one of the things that I was struggling with the Eucharist was, um, like, how how does the Eucharist not... Um, like, re-crucify. Yeah, how does it not uh, make the crucifixion invalid? Like, how does it make it not not enough? Right. Was like, my... Yeah, we had the crucifixion, but now we have to go to Mass each week. So why do we have to keep doing it? Mm-hmm. And Daniel showed me that God is not within time. He is in a much bigger picture. And so what we are entering into at the Eucharist every Sunday or every day... Um, is the same moment at the same cross at the same resurrection at the same victory and just that we can enter into that same space because god is throughout all time and that all during his life as daniel was saying like he was all these things at once because he is without time which is amazing it is so throughout the rest of your lenten experience if you're feeling down why just thinking to yourself like why are we so gloomy why are we beating ourselves up why are we yeah. why are we entering into this season of sorrow just know that joy is on the other side and joy is the sort of other side of that coin that mm-hmm. without without love we would have neither joy nor sorrow so in entering into the sorrow a bit we can more fully enjoy that joy and that sorrow is good right because it's how you know you love something exactly and so yeah. it is good to feel emotion it's good to address sorrow yeah so there you go hopefully that little tidbit enhances your lenten experience somewhat we hope so um but we would like to close with a reminder to um subscribe to us on itunes we're on itunes now you can search for us official um and so if you subscribe the more people who subscribe the more people will see it when they search for catholic podcasts so spread the word um write us a review Mm mm-hmm be honest, but we all know you guys, you're going to give us five stars, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. So, so be be honest and give five star reviews. <laughs> but that will really, um, that helps us make, helps make us more visible on iTunes. Mm-hmm. And hopefully if we ever say something remotely profound that might help someone somewhere, <laughs> you'll have been a part of that. You'll have helped us a lot. Um, yeah. And so find us on Facebook, Twitter, and um, email us if, if you'd like anything to be clarified. Or just to let us know how we're doing. Any yeah. feedback is welcome. Definitely. Um, again, it's Halfway Saints Podcast at gmail.com. So if you have time, send us an email. Mm-hmm. Let us know you're listening. We'd really oh, appreciate it. And we have a website, we halfwaysaints.com. Which you might have seen, or else you wouldn't have listened to the first one because they weren't on iTunes yet. Oh, that's true. But if you're so a new listener, go back to the website. Mm-hmm. Halfwaysaints.com. Mm-hmm. And recommend it to a friend. If someone hasn't picked a good Lenten penance yet, say, hey, <laughs> we've why got not, a great one. Why not listen to them each week? Torture. Yeah, you'll be saints by the end of it. Yeah. Well, thank you, everybody. Yep. And we uh, pray that you have a great Lenten experience. Thanks, and we'll see you. See you next week. We'll say stuff for you next week. We won't see you. Oh, right. right. We'll be back next week. Yes. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.